He's gonna go! He's at the 50! He's at the 40! He's at the 30! School's out! This is Troy Calhoun, head coach of the Air Force Academy. This is Brian Harson, head coach of the Boise State Broncos. Catches! Foot in! Touchdown! This is Jeff Tedford. This is Mike Bobo. Fakes it, now has a blocker, runs out toward the right side, tries to dive for the pylon! This is Bob Davey. This is Matt Wells. This is Craig Bull, head coach of the University of Wyoming. Looks, throws, end zone, touchdown! This is Nick Rulovich. This is Jay Norvell, head coach at the University of Nevada. This is Rocky Long. He's got a receiver across the middle fighting for the end zone. Oh, man. This is Brent Brennan. This is Tony Sanchez. He's to the goal line, and he's in for six. This is Craig Thompson, commissioner of the Mountain West. And you're listening to. You are listening to. And you are listening to This Week in the Mountain West. Here we go. Welcome into the Week 12 edition of This Week in the Mountain West. I'm your host, Nate Crackman. We're coming down the stretch in the respective division races in the Mountain West here in 2018. Fresno State, despite a 24-17 road loss at Boise State last Friday night, can clinch their second straight West Division title with a win this Saturday at home against San Diego State. Should the Aztecs win, then it will come down to Week 13 between Fresno State, SDSU, and Nevada. Over in the Mountain Division, high-powered Utah State leading the way with a 6-0 conference record. Boise State a game back at 5-1. The Aggies at Colorado State Saturday. The Broncos visit New Mexico Friday. Should they both emerge victorious, they'll square off November 24th on the blue turf at Albertson Stadium to determine the Mountain Division champ. It's all leading up to the 2018 Mountain West Football Championship game Saturday, December 1st on ESPN. In the latest college football playoff rankings, the committee ranking Utah State at number 23 in the country with Boise State at number 25. The Aggies ranked 14th in the Associated Press poll, 13th in the coaches poll. Boise State also breaking into the top 25 of the AP and coaches polls at 23 and 24 respectively. Fresno State getting votes in both polls, San Diego State garnering votes in the coaches poll. UCF still the highest ranked group of five team in the CFP rankings at number 11. In ESPN's most recent football power index, Fresno State leads all group of five teams at number 19, followed by Utah State at 26, while UCF checks in at number 30. FPI is a measure of team strength that is meant to be the best predictor of a team's performance going forward. The Mountain West now with five bowl-eligible teams after Nevada's 49-10 win over Colorado State last Saturday to get to six wins. The Wolfpack joining Utah State, Boise State, Fresno State, and San Diego State as postseason-eligible teams in the Mountain West. Hawaii can become the sixth bowl-eligible team in the Mountain West if they can beat UNLV at home Saturday night. Coming up on this week's show, we'll recap all the Week 11 action around the conference, plus an in-depth conversation with UNLV head coach Tony Sanchez about the growth of that Rebel football program coming off their huge upset win at San Diego State last Saturday. It's the Week 12 edition of This Week in the Mountain West, and you have it here on the Mountain West Radio Network. This is Mike Bobo, head coach of the CSU Rams. We'll be back with more of This Week in the Mountain West right after this timeout. There's a force in the West, an attitude unlike any other, a belief that says, let's do this, a shared commitment 
to academics, leadership, and community service. Avon, uniting 12 teams in history, rivalry, and competition. There is a force in the West. We call it the Mountain West. The Mountain West, champions in life. To find out more, visit us at themw.com. You want more? More action? More fun? More madness? We got you! The 2019 Air Force Reserve Mountain West Men's and Women's Basketball Championships return to Las Vegas, March 10th through the 16th. Want more hoops? How about 20 games in just seven days? For tickets, go to your team's athletic ticket office or visit the mw.com slash 2019. The 2019 Air Force Reserve Mountain West Basketball Championships. Get more. Be there. In the Mountain West, sportsmanship meets winning with honor, but don't take our word for it. Sportsmanship is more than what goes on on the field. Good sportsmanship means being loud, but being courteous. Sportsmanship is enjoying the game and being respectful of other team's fans. And that goes for all officials, coaches, players, and mascots. Sportsmanship is making your parents and your coaches proud. It takes all of us working together to make a good game great. Sportsmanship, that's what it's all about. The Mountain West, champions in life. This is Matt Wells, head football coach of the Utah State Aggies. Welcome back to This Week in the Mountain West. Recapping Week 11 around the Mountain West, Utah State, the highest scoring team in the country, thanks to the continued brilliance of their sophomore quarterback, Jordan Love. Love looking down, middle of the field, caught at the 15-yard line. Into the 10, to the 5, into the end zone. Jordan Nathan with a touchdown, Utah State. Scott Gerrard on 12-80 the zone. Utah State now 9-1 after Saturday's 62-24 home win over San Jose State. Love named Mountain West Offensive Player of the Week for the fifth time this season. Last Friday night, Boise State completes the comeback and beats Fresno State at home. Ripping in the pocket, steps up, going for the home run. He's got a guy down there. It's caught, and the Broncos take the lead. Boise State is into the end zone for the touchdown. Shakir with the catch for 49 yards on the score. Bob Beeler from Learfield. Broncos win it 24-17 as Brett Rippon becomes the Mountain West's all-time leading passer. Ty Ganji throws four touchdown passes in Nevada's 49-10 home win over Colorado State, while Air Force racks up 479 yards on the ground in a 42-24 win over New Mexico at Falcon Stadium. Finally, from Week 11, UNLV stuns San Diego State in their building behind a monster game from senior tailback Lexington Thomas. And off Lexington Thomas, he finds a hole up to the 40, 45, 50, 45, 40. He's at the 35, 30, 25. He's at the 20. He's at the 15. He's at the 10, the 5. Touchdown, Rebels. Lexington Thomas breaks it, and the Rebels take the lead with 3.27 to go. Russ Langer on ESPN 1100. Thomas runs for a buck 33 and two scores, and the Rebels win 27-24. Much more on that game with UNLV head coach Tony Sanchez next after these words from your local station. This is Jeff Tedford, head football coach of the Fresno State Bulldogs. We'll be back with more of This Week in the Mountain West right after this timeout.
This is Tony Sanchez, head coach of the UNLV Rebels. Welcome back to This Week in the Mountain West. UNLV getting their third win of the season last Saturday, beating San Diego State on the road 27-24. The Rebels now go on the road to Hawaii this week before finishing up with the in-state rivalry matchup against Nevada. Joining us right now in his fourth season at UNLV, it's head coach Tony Sanchez. Coach, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. Coach, what did that win at San Diego State say about your football team? Well, it just showed the fight that they had, and that you know they're still believing in the process and what we're getting done here. You know, we you know obviously we've gone through a little bit of adversity. We've got a lot of guys injured and banged up, and you know not having the year that we had planned on having. And but the guys have been great about showing up every day, keeping a good attitude. Nobody's pointing fingers. They're all just you know keeping their head down and working to build this program and make it better. And uh, it was a great great win for our guys. I mean, all, all the hard work they put in. It was really good to see uh, that joy in their face after that game and, uh, and how physical they played. Lexington Thomas scored the winning touchdown on a 75-yard run with three and a half minutes left. Coach, I, I saw it live. I've probably watched that highlight five or six times now. You watched it on the coach's film, so maybe you can explain. How did he score on that play? You know, it's just a, it's an inside zone play, and uh, he did a good job of popping into the hole and breaking right. You know, nine times out of ten, it's going to end somewhere around 14, 15 yards down the field. And, you know, once he got into space, man, he, he was so darn determined, pushed it hard to the right sideline, made a hell of a cut, you know, to, to bounce it back across the field and, and made a second cut. You know, and I'll tell you what, one of, the, one of the great things about that play, though, is when you look up, when he's about 14, maybe 15 yards down the field, the guy who's the lead blocker in front of him is the guy that handed him the ball off. Max handed the ball off and then sprinted in front of him. And it just showed just the energy our guys were playing with. They really wanted that one. What's the adjustment been through this season for Lexington, going from the concepts you ran with Armani Rogers at quarterback to some more traditional stuff with Max Gillum after the injury to Armani? Well, what it did is it changed the way people had to play us defensively. You know, when Armani's in, when you look at Lexington's production, really any back that's been there, um, their production numbers are going to go up because you have to defend us so much differently when, when Armani's in there. You have to account for him with the defensive guy. You can't play it the way you play normal zone, you know, read running teams because, he again, he's, he's a one percenter when it comes to running the football. So what it, what it did is it allowed people to, to, to play a little differently, um, to key a little bit more on Lex. The quarterback run was not really um, as much, wasn't much of a uh, run threat anymore. So it got tough. It got really tough for us, and we had to put the ball in the air. I mean, heck, we had a game a couple weeks ago. We threw it 50 times, and that's not what not what we want to do. So um, it definitely changed it up for him. And now Lexington Thomas, 349 yards short of becoming UNLV's all-time leading rusher and passing Tom Cornette's career record at UNLV. What's it been like to coach Lexington and watch him do all that he has done in this great career? Well, I tell you what, he's, you know, again, he's in that first recruiting class. Um, he's a class act. I mean, we've watched him grow academically to a point where, you know, he's on an honor roll um, where, you know, I mean, again, coming out of high school, he struggled a little bit. He don't struggle anymore. He's a sharp young man. He's been class act off the field, never had one incident or one issue with him. And then just watching him grow as a football player, he's just always got a smile on his face, always has a good demeanor. Players on the team love him, and it's just been fun to be around him. He's a guy that you'll never forget, and you're just so thankful you have a relationship with him. What's been your evaluation of the play of Max Gillum this season, filling in for the injured Armani Rodgers? Well, it's gotten better. It was shaky at first, you know. I mean, again, that was his first career start was against New Mexico. And, I mean, the poor guy, he starts off, you know, throwing in about 35-mile-an-hour wins, and um, just, you know, we really struggled that day. And so from that point on, you know, he continued to grow. You know, we had that, and then you run into a tough Utah State team. I mean, they're playing as good as football as anybody we've seen over the last bunch of years. 
you know, so those, those are his first two starts. I, I, that's a tough way to get your feet wet, but I think from those experiences, he's continued to grow and get better. And the thing I love about him is how positive he stayed, and um, he's, he's done a really, really good job. If he didn't come out and play with the grittiness he did last week, he definitely wouldn't have got a win. And, you know, it wasn't pretty the whole time. I mean, early on, we, you know, we, we could have had a much bigger lead, but they had to kick some field goals because we had some errant passes. But I thought as the game went on, Max settled down, did some good things, and uh, we're real proud of the, how he's handled it. There are such high hopes for Armani Rodgers amongst Rebel fans, and we've seen the kind of player he can be. How frustrating is it that this season was basically lost for Armani? Yeah, real frustrating. I mean, over the last two years, I think he's missed 10 games, and that's a lot of football games. You know, we, we, he's got to stay healthy, and, you know, a lot of those things haven't really been his fault. It's just, you know, the nature of the game. Um, but after four weeks, we were playing pretty damn good football. I mean, you know, we had a chance to win all four of those games. Tough loss, you know, at Arkansas State and had a tight game with USC in the fourth quarter. Um and then to see the whole thing kind of unravel a little bit, and then we kind of got our bearings. But um, really, really frustrating because we worked so hard to, to recruit the roster we have to build this program. And, and what a lot of people don't see is, you know, the, the losses on defense. I mean, you know, we lost a kid, Luca Vardic, who was a junior college safety we brought in. He tore a knee in the offseason. We had a high school safety that we brought in that um, ended up uh, breaking a foot, and he, you know, missed the season. Um, Greg Francis, you know, he um, tore his shoulder a couple of weeks ago. He's out for the year. Uh, Alex Perry transferred from Arizona State. You know, he's out for the year having surgery. So we're really banged up in that back end, and we've struggled in that back end. You know, Jericho Flowers has missed a couple of games. Evan Ostry has missed a couple of games. So it's been kind of a revolving door back there, and that's had as much of an impact on us as Armani. So those two things together are tough. But you know what? That's all part of staying the course and building the program and going through the hard times. If we're ever going to get UNLV out of this 25-year just muck and mud that we've kind of been stuck in. We're going to have to stay the course and be tough in the situation. So then going back to Saturday night in the win over San Diego State, what was it like to watch that kind of effort for your defense given the challenges that you've had? You mentioned all the injuries right there. You mentioned all the inexperience on that side of the ball, especially in the secondary. To contain a team like San Diego State and to force the turnovers that you got, especially that Jericho Flowers interception to seal it up. You know what? It, it, it was it was tremendous to see. You know, and and I think the matchup was you know a, a good one for us. You know, so much of football is matchups. You know, and they're going to run the ball downhill. I mean, Rocky's built a, a program around smashing up football and offense and just creating chaos on defense. And our guys did a really good job of playing hard, playing physical, playing with their hands. We moved, I thought Coach Skip did a great job in moving Javen White to the safety spot, which basically put another linebacker on the field. And Javen ran the alley all night. So well, I, the game plan was good, and the guys executed, and they played so passionately and so physical. And then we did enough to, you know, to, to, we, we finally were able to run the ball with some consistency on first downs, but it allowed us to sustain drives, you know, keep the defense off the field a little bit, kind of how we had earlier in the year. I just thought together, man, that, that, that provided such a great opportunity. But, you know, the defense, again, you know, just getting some of their swagger back, playing with some confidence, and uh, it was great to see. I mean, you talk about a boost of confidence. That's running back you at San Diego. <laughs> State. Jawan Washington, 66 yards on the ground. San Diego State averaging under three yards per carry. What does that do for your defense to put up those kind of numbers? It's huge. I mean, it just shows, you know, late in the year, you know, when it's so important to play physical, we, we were able to do it. You know, when, when you look at it, we had 199 yards rushing, and they ended up with 80-some-odd yards rushing. And if you take the sacks away, we were at like 222 to 113. That's huge when you're playing against a team like that. And early in the game, the thing that I really loved is they had two situations in the first quarter where they had a third and uh, two, and they got one yard and had to punt on fourth and one. And then they had a third and three and gained one yard and had to punt on a fourth and two. So, I mean, when you're, when you're stopping them in those short yardage situations, that just that speaks volumes for you know your ability to win a game like that.
More with Tony Sanchez coming up next, including an update on the construction of the beautiful new football facilities on campus at UNLV. That's next here on the Mountain West Radio Network. This is Rocky Long, head coach of the San Diego State Aztecs. We'll be back with more of This Week in the Mountain West right after this timeout. You want more? More action? More fun? More madness? We got you! The 2019 Air Force Reserve Mountain West Men's and Women's Basketball Championships return to Las Vegas, March 10th through the 16th. Want more hoops? How about 20 games in just seven days? For tickets, go to your team's athletic ticket office or visit the nw.com slash 2019. The 2019 Air Force Reserve Mountain West Basketball Championships. Get more. Be there. The next big play is just a click away on the Mountain West Network. Join me, Jesse Kurtz, for the latest insight, analysis, and live game action you won't find anywhere else. Catch over 1,500 events for free in HD on the only network that lets you watch any team, anytime, on any device. Go to the MW.com today and get your game on with the Mountain West Network. There's a force in the West. An attitude unlike any other. A belief that says, let's do this. A shared commitment to academics, leadership, and community service. A bond uniting 12 teams in history, rivalry, and competition. There is a force in the West. We call it the Mountain West. The Mountain West, champions in life. To find out more, visit us at themw.com. This is Nick Rolovich, head coach of the University of Hawaii football. Welcome back to This Week in the Mountain West. Continuing along on our conversation with UNLV head coach Tony Sanchez, following the Rebels' win on the road at San Diego State last Saturday, UNLV now heads to Hawaii coming up this week. Tony, for you, what has been your message to the team throughout the season through the six-game losing streak? Because that looked like a team that hasn't come close to quitting on Saturday night. No, they haven't. You know, and then the biggest thing about it is, is you know, when you when you're in this profession, and, and again, I, everyone's got a different situation, but it's a tough situation here. You know, just doing something no one no one's ever done, and try to create some consistency. So the biggest thing is being just that consistent. You show up every day. You know, I mean, you point out the things that need to be corrected, and you coach them hard. And then the positive things, you point those out, but you don't change your demeanor. You don't change who you are. You never let any of that stuff rattle you. I don't ever walk in with nervous energy. I don't ever walk in panic, and neither do my coaches. And you know what? that reflects in the players and their preparation and the way they go about doing things. So, again, if you're in a tough situation, you better be tough and you better surround yourself with tough people so that you can be consistent for the guys. Because at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. It's all about these players and giving them the best opportunity to grow and to be successful. And So through that, that stretch, we just we were consistent with our messaging, consistent with our process. We didn't change things up. We just hung to it. And you know what? And I think the guys appreciated that. And, and, they, and another thing, too, is they realized you're not quitting on them. You're not just moving on to the future okay what do we got to do for next year it's all about our seniors it's all about finishing this year off strong and moving this program back forward with consistency and getting better so in the big picture you know the record is nowhere near where you want it to be but there are fans there are media there are donors they're all very pleased with the progress that you've been able to make with the program how tough is it for you that there is such a stronger foundation right now with UNLV football that you've established but you just have not been able to show it with the results on the field. 
Yeah, well, the thing is, you know, I think one of the reasons that, you know, our, our big donors and the people that have been around the program for, for, for so long, I think one of the reasons they're so positive is, you know, you sit there and you're, during that six-week, you know, losing streak, you know, you've got a, a six-point loss, you know, to, to Air Force where you had a chance to win at the end. You know, you've got a, you know, 13-point loss to San Jose where, I mean, three of your starting four secondary guys aren't in there. And if we still played a little bit better, you I and mean, there's still some games in there like, God, you know, you, you still had a chance to win. It's not like every week, you know, you just, you're, you're going out there with no opportunity. There's been some weeks where we've got our butt kicked. Fresno, you know, Utah State, New Mexico, but every other game we've played this year have all been winnable games in the fourth quarter. So our guys are hung in there and they played hard. And I think when you look and you go like, wow, we only lose two guys in the two deep on offense. You know, you get a healthy Armani back. We're going to bring 25 scholarship guys in. Got some really good defensive players coming back and a chance to make that unit even better. When you look at the football facility that I'm actually staring at right now, being built and being constructed, when you look at how we've had, you know, these last two semesters, the highest grade point averages in the history of the school back to back, when when the APR comes out for the last year, because lags a year behind it's going to be we inherited a 905 projected apr we're going to have a 989 highest apr in the history of the school our kids aren't getting arrested they're not getting in trouble we have you know they're not failing drug tests i mean when you look at the program holistically and go like wow how is the culture being set the people that know it intimately know that while we are better on the academic level the social level on the competitive level and as much as we hate it we're still winning more games than we ever had more consistently so you mentioned the facilities can you give us the update on the fertita football complex and when we should expect to see that open. Yeah, I'm, again, I'm looking at it right now, and they're hammering away at it. Um, I walked it the other day. Second floor is, you know, kind of in, and um, it should be done. Well, not should be. It will be done, it looks like, uh, late April, early May. And, uh, I mean, it's it's phenomenal. I mean, you know, one of the things this time, this time of year is, you know, one of the advantages some teams have, they just, they're feeding their kids better because they got better facilities and able to do it. And this new facility is going to have an academic center in there. It's going to have a full dining hall. I mean, hot kitchen. We can cook, serve, do everything in there along with with, you know, your, your, uh, your, you know, physical therapy centers, you know, your, your, your weightlifting, your, your meeting rooms. I mean, all those things that you know you're going to have in a football facility. But I'm telling you, that academic center in there, the players' lounge, and then that dining hall, those are huge additions to this program late in the season. Also, with the new stadium in Las Vegas that you'll be sharing with the Raiders starting in 2020, what's the update there? That thing is rolling too. I mean, it's it's amazing when uh, you see the construction of a fully funded project. How fast that thing goes, you know? Um, that, that thing is rolling. The bones are out of the ground, and it'll be ready to go for uh, for kickoff in uh, September 2020. All right, Tony Sanchez. Last thing, you look around this Mountain West Conference here in 2018. What is standing out to you about the league this year? Man, there's just not a huge margin between teams. I mean, there's a lot of parity. You know, I mean, there, there's some teams that kind of do stand out and they're playing elite football. Utah State's definitely one of them. You know, I, I, again, you know, Fresno, they're, they're pretty sharp. That quarterback, he's a pretty special guy. Um, but, you know, week in and week out, I mean, teams give each other fits. I mean, San Jose's put a lot of teams in jeopardy at times. You know, Hawaii's been in some close games. You know, we've been in some close games. Air Force has been in some close games. I think some of those elite teams are playing really, really good football. But, I mean, after that, I mean, it's, I think, there's a lot of parity. Two games to go. UNLV on the road at Hawaii this week, coming off of that big road win at San Diego State. Head coach Tony Sanchez. Coach, thank you so much for the time. Congratulations on the victory. Best of luck the rest of the way. Oh, I appreciate you. Take care. We'll preview the entire Week 12 schedule of games around the Mountain West next after these words from your local station. This is Brent Brennan, head coach of the San Jose State Spartans. We'll be back with more of This Week in the Mountain West right after this timeout. 
This is Brian Harson, head coach of the Boise State Broncos. Welcome back to This Week in the Mountain West. Your Week 12 schedule in the Mountain West starts up Friday night. Critical game in the Mountain Division as number 23 Boise State visits New Mexico on CBS Sports Network at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Brett Rippin, now the Mountain West's all-time leading passer. He has a chance to become only the 17th quarterback in FBS history to eclipse the 13,000-yard mark. Broncos need the win to keep pace with Utah State in the Mountain Division race. Five games Saturday starting at noon Mountain Time with number 13 Utah State on the road at Colorado State on AT&T Sports Network. The Aggies, the only team in the nation averaging more than 50 points per game. Their average margin of victory this season, 29.4 points. Then at 2 p.m. Mountain, it's Air Force at Wyoming on ESPN News and the Watch ESPN app. Both teams at 4 and 6 must win to maintain hopes for bowl eligibility with two games to go. Nevada taking the three-game win streak on the road to San Jose State at 2 p.m. Pacific time. You can stream that game on ESPN3. Wolfpack senior quarterback Ty Ganji, seven touchdown passes and no interceptions on the win streak. The big showdown in the West Division at 7.30 Pacific on CBS Sports Network. San Diego State at Fresno State. A Bulldog win will clinch the West for Fresno State, while the Aztecs need this one to stay alive. Expect a grinded-out affair, San Diego State and Fresno State, the two top defenses in the Mountain West. And finally, we close it out Saturday night with Tony Sanchez's UNLV Rebels at Hawaii at 6 p.m. Hawaii time. That's 8 p.m. Pacific. Rainbow Warriors will be bowl eligible with a win. Watch it on Spectrum Sports pay-per-view or stream it at watchstadium.com. And that will do it for the Week 12 edition of This Week in the Mountain West. If you missed any of this show, you can listen on SoundCloud on the Mountain West Radio Network page on the MW.com. You can also download the show as a podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or TuneIn. And, of course, follow the Mountain West on Twitter at Mountain West and like the Mountain West Conference on Facebook. I'm Nate Kreckman. Enjoy Week 12 of the college football season. This is Craig Thompson, Commissioner of the Mountain West. We'll talk to you next week right here. Right here. Right here. Right here on This Week in the Mountain West. <laughs>